Hey guys, welcome to 12 Questions. Hey, this is Anna Valenzuela. I am so excited for today's podcast. It is a hauntingly gray day here in Los Angeles where it's weirdly cool because we're covered in fire. Everything's on fire. Let's have some joy. I'm joined here with my host, Dave Yates. Hey, everybody. Good to be here in the smoky abyss. Oh, I know. It's crazy. Can you, is there so much smoke that you can't read our clarity statement or do you have Uh, a good view of it? It's not clear, but for clarity, I'll make it happen. (laughs) Welcome to 12 Questions Podcast. This is a podcast where we believe growth and recovery isn't just for clean and sober people. Our mission is to share our experiences and growth by also interviewing guests who do the same. We're not affiliated with AANA or any other 12-step organization. 12 Questions Pod has absolutely no opinion on the use of alcohol or drugs by anyone. We're simply two people that happen to be in recovery that want to interview guests about their own life experiences. Although some of our guests may be clean and sober, some of them are not or choose not to divulge. The purpose of the podcast is to learn more about ourselves and others. We only hope you can learn something about yourselves and each other by listening. (laughs) Yay! And we're very excited to have our guests today. We always have our guests introduce themselves because sometimes they like to come on like incognito and like just share the real tea. So who are we speaking with today? Jill Chrissy. Hi. Hi, Jill. How are you? How is this pandemic treating you? It's been good. You know, I, I'm like an introvert. I love being at home. So when they said this was going to happen, everybody was like, oh, man, this sucks so bad. And I agreed. But in my head, I was like, fuck, yeah, man, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> this virus must be no straight excuse. from God. Yeah, yeah. no, Um. I I don't like all the deaths and all the sickness from it, of course, yeah. but um, the fact that we get to experience time with ourselves, I think, is a positive thing. I think it's a great thing. Yeah, shut up. Don't go to any parties. Sit at home and bear yourself. <laughs> I love it. Well, that and that's usually that's the scariest shit for most people. Like, what? I have to be alone with me. And then exactly, yeah, fuck yeah. I'm the only. I'm the only one I like. I'm gonna sit with me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Watching all our friends and coworkers spin out with the the glut of time they have on their hands, are like, is it ever gonna be the same? It's like nothing is ever the same. We're in a constant state of change. Roll with the Mm -hmm. punches, baby. It's gonna be okay. Yeah, it's gonna be okay. You're going to get that stand-up <laughs> fix eventually, I promise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my, my favorite's been watching uh, comics uh, freak out and then just shit out content. Like, just throw it like just throw it against the wall like with no thought. It's like I, I watch a guy just fucking talk to himself on Facebook Live like he's having a mental break. It's just like, it's like, this is content. It's like, oh, no, you need therapy, dog. <laughs> That's for real. Like that's that's that nothing says like all this time all you needed was attention than being in a pandemic and not being able to get on stage or have people clap at you. Right. <laughs> right. Like, it shows like were, you the truth. <laughs> exactly. Like they were gonna clap anyway. You know what yeah. I mean? Like <laughs> Yeah, it's like, it's like they're, they're scraping the resin bowl for attention. Like they're out of weed, and it's like, oh man, I got this roach left. That's all. I, that that's the attention roach of two Facebook Live viewers. Exactly. <laughs> have Have any of you done any uh, Zoom comedy shows where no one's shown up but the show? Yeah. Oh. Oh, right, so I'm not going to say what show it was. Be, it's basically becoming real comedy. Okay. <laughs> it is. It is. I can at always first, tell. I, go yeah, ahead. No, sorry. go ahead, Jeff. No, go ahead. No, at first it was like um, people were going to the shows because they were like, oh, I feel for the entertainment industry. You know, you guys got the biggest punch. You know what I'm saying? Like, it. it you guys, um, you... You're the ones that got it the worst, basically. So people were watching shows, people were going to Zoom shows, and people were sending people money. And now it's back to normal where people don't go to shit. <laughs> I know. I knew it was going to get back here. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I went to one of your shows in March. Like, you're you're good now, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh. it's apathy finds a way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's, it's all out there. But... 
in this whole process, like where you're at right now, how do you experience surrender on like a daily basis? What does that or at mean? Any point in your life, <laughs> like um, you know those moments where you're just like, well, I guess this is where we're at. You know, for a lot of people in twelve step programs, it's that moment when you're like, oh wow, I can't do this anymore. This it's is like, a, uh, like an acceptance me. of where you're yeah. at and what's going on, and not trying to fight anything. I think like I don't know if this is the correct type of answer, but this is what I feel. I just feel like I get to a point where I'm tired of stuff. If I just get tired of something, um, like if I've been doing something for a while and I've noticed that every time I do it, I feel disgusting, then I just kind of, that's when I have an awakening. Like, oh, oh, I hate this. Oh, okay. But it might take a really long time. That's the only thing. Yeah, and that's yeah, is that what you're trying to say? Correct, is that what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like that is none of these. There is there is no correct answer. It's it's a whatever the question stirs up in you, regardless from whatever you've experienced, just fucking slang it. Like it, we had you we had you on because we both agree that you're a delight and you're a very thoughtful person, and that's what these questions are made for for thoughtful people that are constantly working on themselves. Aw, that's so nice. <laughs> Have you had any moments recently where you're like, this makes me feel gross and I don't want to do it anymore? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I have those moments all the time. Not even just recently. I have them pretty, pretty regularly. And I think it's just now because um, let me tell you something. I have like I just learned uh, that like I come from an entertainment type of family. And so. Okay. I my mom is an organ player and she's a singer and she's Aww. always been an entertain entertainer. I've come up in that and so I've basically been on stage since I was like eight years old and I've never I don't think since the age I was eight I've ever had a year where I wasn't on stage for some reason. So I just had to like kind of come to a realization like, oh, I think a lot of times we do stuff because we're used to it. And I think a lot mm -hmm. of times we do stuff because we think like, that's what I do. That's that's yeah. my livelihood. Like, that's the only thing I can do. Um, right. But the truth is, is like you never experienced anything else. And so that's what you think you're supposed to be doing. Um and I just don't want to ever have to do something because I think that's what I'm supposed to be doing uh, on like an uh, on a unhealthy level, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. yeah. And even th when things are bad for people, they still stay with it because it, it the bad that you know is better than the unknown scary that you don't know. People are so afraid of the unknown that they're willing to just deal with, oh, this is fine. Like that like little dog meme where everything's on fire and he's got like the coffee cup and he's like, this is fine. This is normal. And, and it's really not. And I think the shutdown right. and everything has forced people to really look at, you know, it, it is what I was doing serving me now that it's no longer there? Like, I miss comedy, don't get me wrong, but uh, I'm completely fine. I ride my bike to the ocean, you know, I find little, pro <laughs> I, I find little projects to do, and uh, I'm enjoying being semi-retired right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like that old lady at the community college taking classes, like, I'm gonna better myself, that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> you know, like, that's, that's what I'm about. I'm like, I'm gonna come out of this... I'm gonna come out of this pandemic with some skills, motherfucker. You better hire me, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. That's, I think, like, you, I think where I'm at, because I put on Facebook that I'm gonna stop doing stand up, right? Mm. And it was because I just was having like an emotional moment. I won't lie. <laughs> I was having yeah. a very emotional moment. Um, but like, at the end of the day, it was because I realized that I never could say that to myself. And I don't yeah. think that's healthy. People think, yes, yeah, because you really believe in yourself. And it's like, yeah, but you also have to believe that you're more than what you do. You have yes. to believe that you are that you're a whole person and not just something that can do a thing. Like, so I just got to a point where I'm like, I want to be able to say this, even if it's not true. I literally got booked for two shows after I posted that. <laughs> Ah, and so, so now I, we know that now that we know the trick. It's just say you're quitting. Now you comedy. know. 
<laughs> Say you're quitting That's, and people will book you. But That's <laughs> hilarious. Um, and I didn't say no to those shows because I'm like, okay, if I want to do the show, I'm going to do the show. But for the most part, if I'm not going to do shows, then I'm not going to do them. And I'm not, and I'm not going to feel bad about speaking my mind either. I think that some people are just scared. And I don't think you yeah. have to be scared about being vocal and be scared about having emotions or be scared about having a feeling about something. That's You're a human being. You know, you're yeah. a person. So that's where I'm at. I want to be able to say it, even if it isn't all the way true or isn't something that I'm going to, you know, have. A, I might not feel like this <laughs> next month, let alone next year. You know what I'm sure. saying? I'm, I might not feel like this, but this is how I feel right now. So that's where I'm at. I'm in the present. That's where I'm at, you know? Well, yeah. And a lot of people, their whole identity is wrapped up in in, in stand up or the entertainment business. It's not just like it's not like I'm Dave and I also do stand up. It's I am stand up. And if I mm-hmm. don't have stand up, I am no longer me. Right. Yes. That's the point I was trying to make. That was the point I was trying to make. Even if I don't do it, I'm literally still Joe Chrissy. Nothing changed. Nothing yeah. changed. You're still yeah. funny, creative, insightful, a very good Facebook uh, friend and follow because <laughs> she's always she's always put the real tea up there in a way that's like, oh, okay, this is refreshing. You know, I didn't like, know I didn't know I was outspoken until people started telling me, and I was like, really? <laughs> I know I, I get no that all clue. the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that all the time, and it's you know, it's I think what's what's fascinating is I started performing later in life. And so I came in with like a a sense of self and granted the pressures of the entertainment industry have pushed that and changed that and molded that a little bit, not, and has attempted to say, you know what, this is how we see you and we'd like you to be this way. And it's like, no, 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 I'm dynamic. I have a lot going on. I understand this is not a neat and tidy picture to sell, but it's an interesting picture. You know, if you want to just look like a, you want to look at a picture that's just a blank color block, then you go do that. But like, this is going to be a landscape, you know? Yeah. And so I, I love that you're, you're coming to that place of like, you're breaking out of that insanity of this is, this is my definition. And this is, this is where my self-worth lies, which kind of brings us to our second question, which is like, what? Um, what's been the most insane moment of this journey that you're having? The most insane moment I feel like has been the fact that I've been able to think up something and then go and do it. And it actually like kind of come to fruition. So like I just experienced listening. I used to listen to this podcast with uh, Neil Brennan. Uh, and, um, what's his name? Moshe Kasher. They had a podcast called champs. Yeah. The champs. I don't know. Something like that. And they would have all of these people on the podcast. And a lot of those people, I would think in my head, I'm going to meet that person or I'm going to do a show with that person. This is like 2016 where I kind of was still super new at stand up. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was just like, I'm going to know these people and I'm going to actually like really know these people. And like fast forward to maybe three years later, I was having shows with those people. It was nice. It was kind of like crazy. You know, I was like, oh, oh, I can like think up something and then actually have it happen. That's crazy. So it was like that was the time I kind of realized like, oh, this. So I believed in myself after that. Like I believe in myself because I see that, you know, all you really have to do is think it up and put it into action is you know it's like as diligently as possible and then you see the result right yeah and i think the taking action is what separates majority of the people that try to do anything creative it's like you either think it up and take action or it just stays in your brain and then it torments you because you haven't gotten it out at least that's for me like when i'm working on Mm -hmm. something new or learning new stuff you know i have to do it and I always hate myself that I'm not good at the new things because that's just a, a character defect of mine. Like I, I started trying to surf and I am not good. Uh, but the fact that I'm out in the ocean trying, it feels good that I'm doing it. 
Yeah. Surfing is falling. And it's very, it's very humbling to be like, yeah, I, I, I surfed a few years ago and I can't really do it anymore because I hurt myself. But like, <laughs> I, it's like, oh yeah, this thing, I, it ruined me. So yeah, keep doing no, it. No, it wasn't the re- it wasn't the thing that ruined me. It was the karate and the everything else I did. But it's like, it's uh, it, the giving myself from doing martial arts, for example, when I first started stand up, I told myself, I'm going to be really bad at this for a while. And that's okay. I need the room to fail. Because mm-hmm. people who fail greatly, eventually achieve greatly, because they're willing to take the risk. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I've always been the kind of performer, I want to move around on stage, and I'm loud, and I'm doing a bunch of stuff. And there's a lot of people, especially in, um, in LA that are just like, and maybe this is their style. And maybe this is some fear of being the Mm -hmm. biggest, funniest clown they can be, you Mm -hmm. know? And like, who am I to judge? That's just never been me. I'm too, I'm too wild and flaily. I'm like one of those balloon people in front of a furniture store. You know, I got to beat that. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's, it's very, it's very cool. I love your commitment to intention. Like, and recognizing that is so Mm -hmm. like, I did it. Cause I think a lot of people, could benefit from looking back and being like, I set this intention and then I did the thing. And what an amazing, what an amazing achievement, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not just creative people that experience this. Like, I don't know if you know any nurses or doctors or people that are like, their vocation is their, their identity. And you're like, mm-hmm. no, 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 you're a person outside of that. Like, mm-hmm. just be a person, baby. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So with all this, like, yeah, with all this, like, Mm -hmm. newfound understanding or continued understanding, how do you make decisions in your life? I make decisions in my life based on how I feel. Like, I'm such a hippie. I'm I'm like, do I I feel this decision? What if I, okay, how do I feel about this job opportunity? (laughs) So I'm like, I make a lot of decisions based off of that because usually I'm right. At least if, if like, if I feel some type of strain, like if I feel there's a resistance, then Mm -hmm. I don't think that it'll turn out right in the end. And sometimes that resistance is fear. So I always keep some good people around me so that when I ask, like, does this sound like something I should be doing, they can give me a real answer. You know what I'm saying? So um, I make my decisions based on how I feel and based on, you know, uh, the people that I trust around me. And like, you know, where I want to go with my life is usually, it makes sense with who's around me because I admire people that are around me. So, mm-hmm. you know, it all kind of comes full circle. I love that. I love that. Yeah, having a good crew of people that are are going to give you the real answer and not just the answer that you want to hear. And like as I get older, the circle is smaller and smaller because it's like, you know, some people you might think they're giving you the real answer, but it's like they're just trying to co-sign my bullshit and I don't need I co-sign my own bullshit the best like I am the I am the, <laughs> I am the best co-signer of my own bullshit so it's like I don't need three four five other people to be like oh yeah that's that sounds completely sane that insane yeah. thing that you just told us yeah that, okay <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> there's well, a line in one of my recovery books that says if it's not practical it's not spiritual so I try to like meditate on that when I have an, a decision and all the fear monsters are like and like do that but anyway dave you were gonna say something get in it no no i was just i was just gonna i I was concurring with what's been said and then i was i was trying to be the king of segue into the next question (laughs) get it get that segue king get it jill what would you say is the most surprising thing you've learned about yourself in your life This is going to sound so sad, but the most surprising thing is that um, I'm smart. (laughs) Me too. Yes. It's a real thing because like, you know, my mom, bless my mama's heart. She's a beautiful lady. I'm sure that she had a lot of like things that she needed to deal with as well and just never did before she had a lot of kids. Um, and I just shaded my mom. My mom has five kids by one father, which is my dad. They are happily married. So anyway, uh, (laughs) 
But anyway, um, she she called me stupid probably too often. And so mm-hmm. it's it seeped into me. And I had a hard time for a long time believing that I wasn't. And so um, I think like just now, like and I ju- I'm, in, I'm 31 years old. I just now can come to like uh, can come to a belief about myself that I'm actually a smart person. It's crazy. I'm s- so proud of you. <laughs> I have I've had that journey as well. Like oh, I nice. so relate because like I think for my dad, you know, he was a Latino Chicano, grew up in East Los Angeles, and the 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 mantra is sort of keep your expectations low so you won't be crushed by the realities of limitation and and being on the back end of someone else's privilege right Mm -hmm. and so like he would like his his big career advice to me was get a job at a grocery store because they have benefits my dad was a butcher he Mm -hmm. he was a union butcher and so he Mm -hmm. worked in grocery for a long time and so that was kind of his best advice he can give me, not go to college, not you clearly love to perform and sing and do a bunch of stuff. Why don't you actually go do that stuff? Not any of that encouragement that like, you know, a lot of my friends who maybe grew up in different socioeconomic situations, maybe different cultures, they were encouraged in different ways. And there's drawbacks mm-hmm. to the way they were encouraged. There's a lot of pressure, but it took me until... I got an ADD test. Somebody somebody in my family was like, you know, all of my kids have ADD. Do you want me to pay for this test? And I got <laughs> the test and part of it was an IQ test. And there was physical evidence. I'm smart. Mm-hmm. It's just that my brain works a little bit differently and my self-esteem was off. Yeah. And so then it became like, okay, well, I know this information. Now how do I live up to it? You know, how do I cross those barriers of like, you know what? I am an intelligent person and no, in my relationships, I'm not going to let people I love condescend to me and I'm not going to see myself as a lesser. And I'm going to, you know, if I can learn to do something, I'm going to learn to do it. If it brings me joy. Like I, this, I was talking about my old ass computer. I rebuilt this bitch. Like, and it was like, no, why am I going to pay them money when I could do it myself? You know, like, yeah, I want to learn and, and to foster that. And I think like, there are people that take learning for granted because they were always told how smart they were rather than people who are um, who are just now coming to understand their intellectual power. And I, yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I'm glad you came to that conclusion as well, because it's like really truthfully like eye opening how many comedians are struggling with that. You know what I'm saying? And nobody really talks about it, but there's a low security acceptance in the world of comedy that no one really understands is even there. And (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. absolutely there. Like, that's why we're on stage, guys. That's why we need applauses. That's why we're attracted to it in the Mm -hmm. first place. So the work comes in like you're going to want that your whole life. But how do you balance actually loving yourself so it doesn't come to a point where you uh, value yourself through your comedy where you don't get an applause or if you bomb or something, you go home and you think about killing yourself. Like that's real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there, I think there's too much of a um, glorification of the, the miserable fuck comedian. Like Mm -hmm. there's just too much like th- that people are married to the fucking the the depressiveness and the drug addiction and shit it's like you don't have like you could be happy and funny and not trying to kill yourself like that that is also those though that is also possible but there's just so many examples of of like uh, the people that are the greats that that died of this you know, uh, yeah, and I, and I say this as in the whole rigmarole that's entertainment and stand up, and then they get then they get put on a pedestal. It's like no, that like one of my favorite one of my favorite uh, writers was Ernest Hemingway. I thought he was an amazing writer, but he was also an alcoholic and a fucking shithead to women, and he blew his fucking yeah. brains out. But yet he's mm-hmm. still a great writer. But I don't. I used to want to be like that guy before I got sober. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> if I could crank out a few books, you know, and, and you know, bang some broads overseas, you know, go to France, 
but then I'm gonna swallow a shotgun. Like that's not that's not something to like, like yeah. mental illness and aside. You know, people don't ever talk about like, yeah. Have you ever been in a moment where you were? suicidal not to get dark but yeah those moments Please. are brutal it's yeah. brutal it's nothing glorified about it it's so brutal and it's so painful and mm-hmm. it, it's, it shouldn't be something that is like uplifted as like oh you know this was this was the boss he was the goat though you know just the goat and it's like <laughs> <laughs> this goat is sad and <laughs> Sad goat. This is a sad ass goat. In, uh, uh, I'd, I'd rather I'd, ra- I'd rather be like the medium donkey of comedy and be happy than the goat. Like, I'd mm-hmm. rather be like the the content donkey of comedy. Like, yeah, yeah, for real. I, I had a moment um, a few about. Oh my god, it was probably about. It was before the pandemic started. It was right before the pandemic started, and in the before I, time. In the before times, I was sick. <laughs> I was sick for a couple of years in comedy and that was, it, that was rough because I was like going through memory loss. I was on all these medications and I got, um, my hormones got all messed up. Like I had like menopausal symptoms, like all kinds of weird shit. And there was a moment where I was easing out of that and my anxiety disorder met, it met the, um, the hormone imbalance. And I woke up one day and I was just like, I don't want to be alive. And all I could do was just text some people very close to me. And I was like, I'm having suicidal ideations. And they called me right away. And I cried it out. I spent the day. I talked to my doctor and I was like, you know what? I don't think some of these things are working. We got to make some changes. I got to get off this birth control. It's not leveling me out. And then made those changes because I'm not about to live in the mess. I want to live in the solution. And I recognize... You know, it's like I always tell people when they're like, so-and-so wants to kill themselves. I'm like, take them to the doctor. Let them get help. You're not a doctor. You can't, you can't, you know, love them, but support them in making choices for their health, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, but I think what it is, too, is the core of all this, especially for entertainers, is scarcity mindset, scarcity of self-esteem, scarcity of resources, scarcity of opportunity. And it's like... There's a seat at the table for everybody. There's a place for the unique voice that is Jill Chrissy and Dave Yates and Anna V. Like we're all we're all out here and that's that's okay. You know, like that's all okay. But mm-hmm. what I love about you is your brutal self-honesty. <laughs> like the ability to say that and the ability to just come right out and be like, yeah, I'm a human being who struggles. That's mm-hmm. it. I'm also fucking brilliant and funny. reconcile with those things you know like Mm -hmm. so what's your what's your level of honesty with yourself and others my level of honesty is like through the roof and (laughs) especially with myself uh when it comes to others I I have to look at it in a way that I can still practice some sort of health for myself um just recently I had a, a a woman like who she did something that I wasn't okay with. You know, I didn't like Mm. what she did, but it's not like I can make her do something different. I just didn't, I, it's the, the way I reacted to what she does, she would do naturally is just the way I reacted to it. And Mm -hmm. so she hit me up recently and she was like, is there something, did I do something? Are we cool? Are we good? And I just decided to say, um, yeah, sometimes I can be like that with people. Sometimes I'm unable to really be as close as I was or, you know, I made up some reason, but it was because I had to think for myself, like, do I want to create an issue and do I want to confront an issue with this person or do I want to allow them to be who they actually are and just uh, look at it from a point of view, like the way that I dealt with the way that you are naturally is just what it was. And I'm just going to have to accept it for that. And what's going to help me in my spiritual uh, life and in my in the in my uh, in my health, in my self-health is what's going to what am I saying? No, <laughs> I, I, I get to, it. I get I'm, it. I'm you saying 
it sounds like you were faced between the saving your emotional labor and your spiritual en- energy for yourself as opposed to setting a boundary and maybe saying, hey, the way that you went about this didn't sit right with me. Because that's sometimes it, it's like, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm still, this is new for me. Because normally I'd be like, yeah, bitch, I'm mad at you. You said some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you, you did some stuff. And now I'm like, well, that's just how I feel. But what you did was right for you. So it wasn't malicious, I'm sure. That's just what you had to do for you. So what I have to do for me is go ahead and not have an issue with this. Go ahead and not go back and forth with you about this because I have something to do today. So I'm going to preserve my self-health and I'm going to make it seem like whatever happened is just we didn't we didn't connect on that level that day. And now I can move on, you know, and sometimes the best feedback is no feedback at all, especially yeah. with comedians, because they're soliciting responses. And yeah. so just be like, that audience member who's like, didn't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, and I live I live by the saying, like, I, when, when I'm at my best, I should say, like, is when I, I ask myself this question, I go, I can either fight or I can be free. I can either fight mm. this person about how wrong I think they are or I can be free. And mm-hmm. man, oh man, do I like going to bed at night and not thinking about shit. I like to turn on my murder podcast and I need to mm-hmm. not think about people's bullshit. So I can either fight yeah. or be free. 100%. Everybody do that. Everybody needs to do that. <laughs> Everybody, yes. please. Just don't. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Like, it's not. It doesn't feel better than you know, it just, just do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's that, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be happy? Yeah. Listen, I love being right. Being right makes me feel happy a lot. Yeah. But the drama that it takes to get there is a real motherfucker. <laughs> it, uh, it's awful sometimes. It's bad. <laughs> and it leads to, un- it, it leads to unnecessary anxiety, you know, mm-hmm. over like the reactions and people's, you know, things I can't control. So being the Segway King, how do you experience anxiety, Jill? I'm glad you brought that up because I have some really bad anxiety. I have like extreme, Mm. extreme anxiety. Um, It leaves me to not be able to drive. I don't Mm. like riding in cars. I have an extreme, like I have an anxiety condition. So Mm -hmm. I, I physically can't take on your bullshit, people. <laughs> I physically can't do it. I can't take it. I can't take I, it. I so... got papers. I got papers that say <laughs> I can't take your bullshit. I carry them around. Oh my god. I got I got a doctor document. Yeah, I got that's a your doctor's, doctor's note. note <laughs> that says I'm unable to take everybody anybody's bullshit. So that's where I'm at with it. I can't I, I can't be bothered with it. And I don't have to be. That's the thing. When you come to the realization that you don't have to take a lot of the shit that you think you have to take. Yeah. It really just comes down to money. <laughs> <laughs> it comes down to money. People take bullshit because they need to get paid. Mm-hmm. And so I, I understand where taking bullshit comes from. But boy, oh boy, don't take any unnecessary bullshit. Yep. Yeah, that's I I had a moment with a friend and a colleague where I was on my way to an audition as I also have the generalized anxiety disorder, which if you don't know what that is, it's just sort of the feeling of, oh, my God, there's a tiger in the room, but there's no tiger. That's Ain't no tiger, yeah. <laughs> no tiger. Your whole body's just like, fuck, a monster's gonna eat me. And you're just like, where's the monster? So, yeah, for, mm-hmm. for those of you listening that are anxiety free, you lucky motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take a deep breath. Go have a relaxed shit for me. Um, I don't know what it's like. <laughs> so, like, there is, I, I, I was on my way to this audition and I was having an anxiety attack. Fr- friend called me and was like, I'm I I was he was like how are you doing I said I think I'm having an anxiety attack and he said well I had a problem with something you said to me three weeks ago and I was (laughs) like hey you know what I gotta go because you're not you're not 
receptive to my emotional condition and I'd love to have this conversation with you, but now is not the time and I feel mm-hmm. super slimed. So I'm mm-hmm. going to get off the phone and I just mm-hmm. hung up the phone or, yeah. and, and it took me a long time to get there. It took me like deep into my thirties to be like, no, you don't get to, mm-hmm. if I'm not feeling okay, I get to protect mm-hmm. myself. Exactly. And there are moments too, where it's like, I was on stage. Have you ever had a panic attack on stage? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Cause you can still talk. You're still performing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you're not in your body anymore. And then a half hour later, I'm like throwing up and shaking. And I'm like, what happened? (laughs) And it's like, oh, that's an anxiety attack. I marched into my doctor and I was like, I think we're past the point of talk therapy. I need a little medication, mama. Like this Mm -hmm. is, this -hmm. is my job. This affects my bottom line. I can't be having anxiety attacks on stage. So (laughs) when we're back in the free world and we're having to sit through those mics or sit through those shows, come sit next to me, mama. We can just sit around and just like that little cat meme, like batting away the bullshit. Like, I'm sorry, you got to take your problems over there, baby. I can't handle your bullshit right now. (laughs) For real. Like, you know, swat them away. But also with the anxiety, the way that I used to deal with it is drinking a lot. I mean, drinking a lot. And we get paid in drink tickets in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And so it just like the alcoholism is on another level because it's a bunch of other people you know suffering from anxiety as well and Mm -hmm. so it's like a bunch of nerdy anxiety ridden people around each other all Ah. goddamn week (laughs) it's really cool no one's no one in our business is cool some (laughs) of them think they're cool and man those are the ones that are the least cool (laughs) exactly exactly and i i didn't know how uncool i was till i started knitting and watching yarn reviews. And I said, I've been this lame the whole time I've been this lame. Anyway. So. Yes. Comedy makes you feel like you're not, but you are. Uh. See, I want you to start a podcast or a YouTube channel or both called Yarn Talk, where you're just, you're just like knitting, teaching yeah. people how to knit, bringing people to your level. Like, I love it. I love it. I might, yeah, I might do that, though. That's good. That's a great idea. Thank you. Executive producer Annabelle Enswela. Thank you. Thank you. Love I just it. want a scarf. Just I don't want part of the show. I just want a scarf. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm making the shit out of these scarves, so Hell you yeah. might get I'll buy you one. might get one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Make make me a make me a fucking dope purple one and I'll I'll pay cash money for that shit. Okay, I really will. I got purple. I'm, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I gotta go back to Chicago all the time, so fuck I, I need a dope scarf. Hell yeah. I got you. So in, so in in learning about like your nerd your nerdiness or your lameness like like what parts of yourself would you say that you've worked on the most like uh, you know in the recovery world they call them like defects of character so like what parts of yourself do you think of your character have you worked on the most Um let's see what have I worked on I've worked on uh valuing myself the most I think Mm. just like every day I kind of get knocked down and having to climb back up has been like something I do on a yearly basis and so just just working on believing in my self-worth has been the most I've done no matter what it is so that could be anything going to go get medicine when I don't feel well actually going to the doctor actually going to get Mm. a checkup on my teeth like self-care and self-worth. And it's the same reason why I don't have kids because it's like, I'm not going to do to my kids what happened to me. (laughs) Yes. I'm definitely not, you know, so let me go ahead and work on me and just just be of service to people in the way that I can be of service, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I work on not being so traditional as well, like just getting out of the thought process of tradition because... We don't know where a lot of this shit comes from. It's just here. And or, or hell if where is it going? Like, you know, yeah. where it comes from or where the fuck it's going. Exactly. Like, we don't know. And so much so much stuff is rooted in, like, fear and evil and just, you know, a lot of stuff that we had no idea about. They was back in the day chopping off people's heads and doing all kind of <laughs> weird shit in the name of <laughs> whatever, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, Right. Yeah. But, right. yeah, so... Mm-hmm. Well, kind of in line with like, especially everything that's going on right now, because it's, 
it's such a this society this pandemic has reached it's it's caused a breaking point in a lot of issues that were obviously a breaking point a while ago but folks you gotta love americans man we just keep on going we're like ooh, is it insane to do the same thing and expect different results let's keep doing it <laughs> yes so like what is your experience of forgiveness whether for yourself or for others like on a social level like where what is your experience of forgiveness i realize like i think you have to fake it till you make it just just forgive just say the words i forgive you to someone who you're trying to forgive and i think eventually you kind of start believing it um and it starts becoming a true thing and you start growing from that so even if you don't fully believe it in the moment if you want to get there just keep saying it that's what i do that's what i do i don't want to just tell people what to do that's what i do i just keep saying it to myself so the forgiveness that i've experienced uh in the last couple of years have been pretty strong because you know, if I don't fully believe it, I'm at least halfway there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, forgiveness is a process where I have to accept not only what happened and who that person was in the moment, but who I was. Because mm -hmm. that's where I really struggle is like when I'm like, fuck, I'm mad at myself for putting myself in that position. Yeah. And then it's much easier to project that resentment onto another person rather than deconstructing like no i had i had a part and i'm gonna i'm gonna look at this exactly mm -hmm. and and there's some part there's some things in life and in society and in you know childhood like there's a lot of stuff that like i don't have a part in but mm -hmm. you know i could actively have a part in increasing tension if i continue to harbor that resentment you know yeah which is definitely I think forgiveness is like a two weeks notice that you give, you know, like, so if I'm going to forgive someone, even if they've done some dastardly shit, if I'm, if I'm going to decide to forgive someone and it's hard, like I'm, I'm a, I'm a hard forgiver, you know, like when, when someone does me dirty, like I want to do them dirty 10 times more, but like the progress I've made is I don't do them dirty 10 times more, but it just takes me a little while to forgive. But like, I feel like once I actively try to forgive someone, it's like me handing in my two weeks notice on the shit job that I fucking don't want to do anymore. But it's like, all right, I'm, I'm making my way towards the door. I, you know, so I got a, a limited amount of time left where I can let this fucking <laughs> run the, sh run the show in my head, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. What is, Jill, what is the weirdest apology you've ever gotten or given in your life? Um, I would say recently. It was weird, but it was good weird. Okay. Um, <laughs> this girl that I used to live with, um, she's actually a comic too. And she's, I think she's biracial, but she looks um, fully, like she looks white. Like she looks like a white girl. Um, sure. And she she basically hit me up like a month months ago when we were in the thick of like Black Lives Matter protests and stuff like that. And she wrote me a message apologizing for because um, we would try to talk about race a lot of the times because we used to live together. We lived together in like 2016. Yeah. And we would talk about race and she would she just wouldn't understand. She wouldn't understand to like a high degree. And I just remember her just kind of deflecting a lot. And, you know, she would say, that's racist. That's racist. You can't say that about like white people, blah, blah, blah. But it wouldn't be a racist conversation. It'd just be like a challenging conversation. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, um, yeah. but she was just kind of rejected a lot. And I, she just apologized for that out of nowhere wow. in 2020. And the way that she apologized was so good because even I was just like, well, you know, we all grow and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, no, there's no excuse for that. And I'm, I apologize. I take like full accountability. It was real. It was a real apology. Wow. Yeah. I was like, wow, that was great. I never, never knew I needed that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, I really appreciated that. <laughs> 
Right, because it feels like you're not just trying to pour awareness into this volcano of dumb. Yeah. Just like, you're just like, you know, it's like, you're smart in this area, but when conversations about privilege come up, I I have, you know, I'm, I'm Latino. My dude is, like, the whitest person ever. Like, makes Shout Dave. out to Stuart Thompson. Past I know, I was like, go Stuart. Back and listen to Stuart Thompson. <laughs> just, he, he is like J- Dave Chappelle's impression of a white person came to life. You know what I mean? Like, he's just like... <laughs> That's him. And we've had some difficult moments in our relationship talking about privilege, not only racial privilege, but class privilege. And Mm -hmm. it's so uncomfortable to have those conversations. And from the like minority standpoint, it feels like you're just sort of like shove, like pushing against this blob that keeps like coming out because Mm -hmm. it's so much to wrap your head around. And as time goes on, what he's learned to say when he says something stupid or just behaves in a way where I'm like, really? (laughs) Really? Did you just do that? He'll go, did I find a blind spot? And I'll be like, yeah, you did. That's a blind spot for sure. You found a privileged blind spot and I'm glad you noticed it. I'm going to let you sit with that for a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. I Shout out to your friend because that is, and I'm so glad that that like, you were in a you were in a space to feel that you know like yeah it was great it was so unexpected it was like and just knowing what type of personality she has like she's she's funny and she's also us uh, on a, like sarcastic like she can be mean if she wants to be mean yeah <laughs> so it just felt like that was just it was very unexpected. I still can't believe it, but I, it was nice, though. I appreciated it. So That's great. Mm-hmm. I love that. So what would you say, like, you were talking about spirituality earlier. What would you say your daily spiritual practice looks like? Like meditation, crystals? What What does your daily spiritual uh, get, get together look like? Did someone say crystals? Mm. Yeah. Well, I... I got a gang of them. <laughs> I, um... I just kind of stepped away from a lot of spirituality, a lot of like spiritual practice because I grew up like that and it was so prevalent in my life as a as like a young person that now I'm trying to see what it feels like without it. Um okay. so but at the end of the day, all day is kind of a spiritual experience for me anyway, like without practicing anything specific. Um the practice of like loving myself becomes spiritual for me Mm -hmm. because, you know, if I tell myself, Hey, get up, go wash up, go. It's like, I'm mothering myself. I'm like re re raising myself and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So just, just trying to improve as a person has been the most spiritual thing I've done in the last year. Oh, I wish I could hug you. <laughs> Digital hugs. Digital hugs. Well, and I think that too is like uh, people get people throw in the word God a lot uh, in terms of spirituality and like in the recovery community, like higher power is the nomenclature that they use. But I honestly think it's like you know communing with your higher self, like the self mm. that strives to be better. So, what would you say your relationship is with either a higher power or your higher self? Like, what's that? look like to you uh it looks like being able to manage my uh manage my anxiety being able to manage my anger being able to like control myself in my life and in every aspect and to me, that's godly. To me, that's like I, I've I've learned how to live in the world without letting like the world live in me. That's not what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> like the this world cookie kicks ass. I love that. <laughs> I, you know. <laughs> Like not letting the world control whatever it is I desire to do mm-hmm. is to me like that's what I feel like I'll I'll experience a real God is being yeah. able to know my true purpose. True purpose and living that out and being of service, that to me is like that's that's so godly to me. Yeah. That's what it is. Period. Oh. It's beautiful. And you just mentioned <laughs> service. 
What is one thing that you'd want to tell somebody just like you? How would you like to be of service on this podcast right now? To I want like to, to someone like me, I want to be of service. Like, don't like, to, just be, just be responsible with any platform that I have. So there's no, like, you'll never hear me say out of my mouth that love isn't important or that caring for someone and caring for yourself isn't important. Like that stuff sounds so corny, but it is the main thing that keeps us like living and keeps us alive and keeps us, uh, and keeps us going. It's just so important. And if anyone needs a reminder, I want to be the one to remind them no matter where I'm at, you know what I'm saying? So that's to, of service is like, Eventually, I want to write a kid's book because kids need books. Yes. <laughs> kids yep. need books. So, like, <laughs> you know, every I just want to entice everybody's kid, whether it's, it's a doll. That sounds weird the way I said that. But whether, <laughs> whether it's an adult, <laughs> whether it's an adult, like a, an adult person, I want to reach your kid. Like, I want to reach the child inside of you and um, inspire them to come out. Because I think that, you know, children are so uh, sensitive and they're so like, they're little sponges that just soak everything up and they learn how to, they learn how to, you know, they learn negativity, I think. But I think at the core, it's like people just want love. People just want the normal things. And I just want to be an advocate for that. I'll just never be like, you know, I'm never going to say nothing real ignorant about people's health. Yeah. Maybe I, I will. I can't even imagine, like, as far as, like, look, I think every generation said this about the previous, but, like, I can't imagine what it'd be like to be a fucking kid right now. You know? Oh, I know. Like, just fucking insane. Because I, yeah. I couldn't see anything when I was a kid. Like, I, we didn't have the fucking internet. We didn't get cable TV. So I, like, literally, I, I knew my block and the woods and the cornfields. And, and that, that that's all I knew existed in the world. So to, to, <laughs> to even have, like, a global concept as a kid, would just it just fucking blows my mind right now, currently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, my parents were like, listen. Reagan is screwing up the co- the economy and his foreign policy is bad. So I was walking around like eight years old being like, I'm a blip on a giant globe and it's all trash. <laughs> <laughs> Racism is real. Why don't they want my family in this town? Like, <laughs> That I, is crazy. I love your... Jill, can I just say something? We've known each other. I think we started around the same time. Mm-hmm. And we've known each other for years. And I have never had a conversation with you on this level. And I'm oh, so yeah. fucking grateful that we just had this conversation. You have been a delight. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so talk. much. Oh. I I uh I appreciate this talk too, and you're so good at roast battle. I'm afraid to talk to people that are really good at roast battle, <laughs> just We're in general, because I'm cowards. like, <laughs> we're babies on the inside. We're that child you're trying to reach. We're like, <laughs> right? And every time I meet one, though, it's so sweet. Like a lot of roast, the the most hardcorest of roasters is like so sweet mm. and sensitive. So, but, um, yeah, I wish we would have had this conversation earlier, but, you know, timing is everything. It's right now, you know? It's right when it's supposed to be. See, I I already knew. I already knew. So. (laughs) 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 But it's so, it's so good to see you, Jill. You're one of my absolute favorite people. And like we, I don't know if we were recording yet, but like. The pandemic, it's been like one of these things where like 95% of the people that I would see on a regular basis, I could give a fuck less if I saw ever mm-hmm. again. But then there's that mm-hmm. like 5% that I was just like, I miss my friends and I, I, I miss Jill. I miss, we gotta get, I miss Yusuf, Jill's boyfriend, who, who's yes. a, a great comedian, oh. Yusuf Ali. Yeah. Out. But so this is your time right now, Jill. What, what are we going to promote? Like what, how could people find you? Like what, what, what are you, what are you working on? What, uh, I, I, I know you're always hustling. So 
I'm always hustling, you guys. You can, um, I have a new podcast out that I'm trying to push heavily because I think Ooh. that we need to talk about women, but we also need to talk about women who rap. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's about women rappers. Um, so it's a lot of like, it's short episodes because I know people's attention span is shit. And by people, I mean me. So they're short <laughs> episodes. Um, but it's going to be a series. I'm going to have a lot of episodes to make up for the shortness of them. So every single week I'm going to have a new episode, you guys. It's called She's Got Bars. Um, and you can get access to it on your Spotify, on your iTunes. Hit me up on my Instagram, at Jill Chrissy, J-I-L-C-H-R-I-S-S-I-E. Um, and all of the episodes will be previewed there. And then you guys can go listen to full episodes on like a platform. Okay, so that's what I'm doing right now. I'm fucking Yay. stoked. And it seems to me, just as a site, there's a there's a big resurgence happening right now of the female MC. Like, not that female MCs went anywhere, but there's a no. lot of real good shit going on right now. And it reminds me a lot of, like, the early 90s shit. Like, when people were complaining about WAP. And I was like, did you not ever hear Little Kim? Like, did you never never not bump, lick, lick my neck, my or, back, my pussy, and my crack? Come on, guys. Or, or <laughs> Trina, like, yes. fucking slow down that ass is too fat. I'm like, come yes. on, you guys. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited I'm for She's Got Bars. I'm excited. Subscribing. Yeah. For sure. um, go and subscribe now, you guys. I'm on my it's three episodes out right now. And by Thursday, we'll have our fourth episode out. So, you know, just keep supporting that because it's now it's the time is now, especially for uh, women who are rappers, but just women in general. You guys get on the train. Like, don't don't sleep on women in our voices. Exactly, exactly. And speaking of your voice, you also have an incredible album. I do. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you have an album? I thought you recorded an album. <gasps> oh, okay, shit. I, I, you know, I put out an album a long time ago. I think it was like 2016. And I took my vote, my vote, my voice notes from my phone. And I like put them together and put it out mm -hmm. on like uh, what I put it out on. Somewhere you could put out stuff for free. Uh, uh, what is SoundCloud? it? SoundCloud. I put it out on SoundCloud. Yeah. It was called Smiling Atrocity. Because at the time, yeah. I was absolutely an atrocity. Anyway, so <laughs> last year, I did a show called Comedy Ho, which was successful. It's a one-woman show. And we were supposed to record that this year. But the pandemic oh. pushed us out of our theater. So we can't record it anywhere this year. So... That's coming soon. So next year, I'm definitely going to get it recorded. If I can get a spot and get people to come out, I definitely want to get that up on I'll my be website. There. Everybody Been to was it. talking it's about phenomenal. it, man. It's yeah. phenomenal. It's, I, I enjoyed it. I love it. And it's even going to be, since I get a year to like work on it and then put it out next year, it's yeah. going to be even more creative because I become a better writer, obviously. We ain't yeah. got nothing but time. So, <laughs> so you know, it's beefed up now and it's going to be even better for for it to be recorded next year. So you guys just keep looking out for that. But that's, that's one of my favorite shows, too. Yay. Yeah. Dave, where can people find you and all people the amazing find... things that are Dave? People can find all the Dave things at Yates Comedy, Instagram, Twitter, and Venmo if you're feeling like uh, throwing cheddar uh, at Yates Comedy. Uh, I also make and sell hot sauce if you like to spend money on hot spicy sauce. HaHaHotSauce.com because uh, it is my only job right now is selling hot sauce. So please support HaHaHotSauce.com. Anna, what about you? Where is all your good stuff? You can find me at Anna V is fun on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me at AnnaValenzuela.com. Um, speaking of album stuff, Mama's going to be putting out an EP pretty soon. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, you can also check out uh, this podcast at 12 questions or 12 Q pod. Uh, that is literally our Gmail, our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook. You can find us for anywhere. We want to launch a Patreon, but we need a lot of subscribers. We need a lot of listeners. So go ahead. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Get them in on this conversation. It's a positive and beautiful time. So please join us. Um, we're going to be here every week and how we end this podcast every time i have a Jill, question say, yes what's a, oh, question? How, what's a comedian what's a comedy ep um you know an ep when you're doing like a um like uh like punk 
rock bands will do like a 15 minute album. Yeah. And it's just this like, it happens to be this set that I recorded just before the pandemic. And oh, wow. So it's some jokes that like can't be told anymore. It's mm-hmm. like, it's crazy. So, and it's a beautiful, um, it, 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 the audio came out really well. So I'm going to release that just as a little EP, just a sampler. You know what I mean? Like, you let better that do that. know that I'm ready for, <laughs> I'm ready to record that album pretty soon. You know, I'm just, just like you, I'm just marinating in this pandemic, like mm-hmm. seeing the different ways the jokes can come together and the new transitions and the new yep. information. And so, <laughs> So yeah, so it's just kind of getting that out there, getting getting that going. But um, how we end this podcast every week is Jill. If nobody's told you this today, we love you. Love you, Jill. Aww, love you guys too. Thank you for having me. Thank you for doing it. And Dave, if nobody's told you this today, we love you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone's getting a hug. And if you're listening to this and nobody said this to you today, guys, we love you. Thank you for we listening. We love you. Thanks for listening, y'all. Peace.